brought to you by CGTN Europe. Hello and welcome to this week's Razor podcast. I'm Shinny Somara. And I'm Emma Keeling. Today on Razor, I have a look at how eating flies could save the world. The worm eats the apple, the bird eats the worm, and up we go on the food supply chain. So there is no such thing as waste in nature. And with a Black Soldier 5 facility, we take in food waste, convert that into large insects that we turn into protein meal. We can then feed animals and humans sustainably. Do you think that idea would fly? <laughs> Another dad joke. I mean, I, where are you getting these from? A few weeks ago on the podcast, we spoke about an interesting company that's looking at using flies to better manage our food supply chains. This is a fascinating story. And to be honest, let's just cut straight to the chase. I want to know whether you ate them or not. Yes. But I'm not going to tell you what they tasted like until we got to the end. And to be honest, it is a bit of a fib saying eating flies because it's actually the larvae, which is so much better than eating the flies themselves. So EnterCycle is a company in London that thinks one of the answers to boost our protein production could be farming the larvae of the black soldier fly. This sounds really honestly very gross. It is a little bit gross. And they are a little bit wriggly, but you can't see them on the podcast. So you're saved from that. But look, Hopefully, this will help us change how we look at the food we eat and how it's produced. And the founder and director, Karen Whitaker, makes some very interesting points about why we should be paying attention to this new startup. So Encycle's mission is a simple one, to sustainably feed the world using the power of insects. So how does breeding black soldier flies you know, help with sustainable farming? Black soldier flies are one of nature's key recyclers. So when the apple f- falls from the tree, the worm eats the apple, the bird eats the worm, and up we go on the food supply chain. So there is no such things waste in nature and with a black soldier fire facility we take in food waste convert that into large insects that we turn into protein meal we can then feed animals and humans sustainably and where did this idea come from what what drove you to create intercycle um so my background is environmental engineering or environmental design and i spent six years living around the world as a scuba diving instructor and everywhere i've lived as a scuba diving instructor i've seen dead reefs empty oceans and deforestation and i just could not sit back anymore so i had to do something and that something was intercycle so what exactly happens here well at the moment it's all very small scale in a room that's about you know five meters square matt is the entomologist for intercycle and he explained the start of the life cycle of the black soldier fly which is a pretty good place to start and this is the insectary uh-huh. this is where we keep all of our insects uh, so at so this that- point matt is showing me a big room filled with big plastic drawers where the larvae are Is that the insects? That is nasty. Yeah, so they're eating the food that we're feeding them. So beer grains and coffee are kind of what you're smelling right now. That's what they're eating. That does today. not smell like beer grains and coffee. It's quite acidic and it smells a little bit like it smells a little bit like poo. Well, they give off ammonia when they're eating, so okay. and they are pooing while they eat as they're animals. So yeah. you know, that's what you're smelling. This is We then move on to the breeding room where the flies are kept in what looks like sort of little mini festival tents. Okay. All right. So we've got flies in the cage here. This is our breeding room. We let the flies uh, mate and lay eggs for about six days. So within the cage, you can see various things, but um, we've got an attractant for the females. The females like to lay their eggs over something rotting. Mm -hmm. So um, we put some rotting organic material in there so the female flies know exactly where to lay their eggs. You can see the wooden egg traps we mm-hmm. have on top of that rotting stuff. Um, that just makes it easy for us to collect the eggs when they do lay them. So after the eggs are laid, how does that get turned into something we can eat? 
So the eggs hatch and they're tiny little larvae and they feed them on, on waste, coffee grounds and beer grains and, and um, you know, bits of peel and vegetables, etc., etc. from the kitchen. You can feed these guys anything, even meat. They'll eat anything. And they grow for about two weeks and then they are killed and they are dried. Um, and then you can either eat them whole like I did or you can actually sort of make them into a, a flour-like substance. So why would you even feed them on something like coffee and beer? So the amazing thing about these larvae is they can eat anything. Um, but it just so happens that where these guys are located, EntoCycle in London, they're quite close to a couple of breweries and a couple of coffee shops. So they just go next door, take the waste, and that's what they feed them on. It seems like a lot of research maybe has to go into whether what you put in will affect what comes out, you know, in the same way that we're really concerned about what we feed our livestock. Well, I think that what they're what they've they've got to go through the process uh, of getting this all approved to feed to animals because this is what this is all about feeding this stuff um, to animals instead of using you know soy um, which you know forests are cut down for or or plundering the oceans which we're already doing um, to a great extent so it's it's finding another protein source and this is a very quick one to to grow you know it's a couple of weeks and and you've got your protein source um and I guess it's the larvae themselves just have this incredible ability to turn anything into um, all these different amino acids and nutrients and all that sort of thing. So they have tested whether these are safe. I ate them. Uh, I was perfectly fine. And now it's just testing them to sort of see, you know, do they change with these um, different ingredients that you uh, feed them? But what it seems is, though, that it might change it slightly. But really, on the whole, they are safe to eat and they're full of all these amazing nutrients. It sounds like a brilliant idea for feeding livestock, but the idea of us actually eating it, like, what was it like? <laughs> Have a listen to this. So this is what it's all about. This mm -hmm. is the final product. This is whole so it's it's the the larvae itself was dry. Um, it was probably about the size of your your fingernail, um, little skinny thing. And yeah, it was popped it in. It was a little bit crunchy. It, there's a lot of oil um, in these things. It, you know, good oils make the high quality protein that they then need to grow oh. and so i mean can i eat this is it safe to eat yeah of course go for I'm it i'm gonna give it a try oh it's a little bit crunchy oh it's kind of nutty yeah definitely uh, I, mean, I mean this is not for humans i mean it could be down the line yeah definitely so you know the, the here and now is to sustainably feed animals but very much so you can see this baked into pastas or breads or other kind of pro, uh, high carbohydrate products mm. where you can get your protein you know without harming the planet wow it's a little bit oily in fact i'm getting hints of coconut have you what have you been feeding these things yeah so these guys have actually been fed on kind of hyper local produce so we have ipa beer we have cappuccino waste <laughs> and fruit and vegetables from the market so you know wow. these are super super sustainable because it's such a localized production system it's a bit of a mind game isn't it can i eat a bug uh, now, I was able to do it. I think the, the cameraman, who you know very well, Paul, who we work with, uh, he was laughing before we went and filmed. He said, oh, you know, you should eat one on camera. And he was just teasing me. And I said, oh, no, I, I have every intention. But, you know, there's a lot of people that would never go any, anywhere near anything like that. But I think eating something like I'd struggle eating a cricket with all those legs. But with a, a larvae, it seemed fine to me. And I think if you if you do munch it up and you put it into a flour and, you know, you bake a cake with it or something like that, and as long as it tastes okay, 
Uh, and as long as you can get past the fact that, yeah, there is a, a ground up bug in there. Yeah, I, I think it will catch on. Maybe if people know just how good it is for you or I don't know, but if there's a shortage of food, I mean, you, you need to eat it. But yeah, it is a hard sell. That's for sure. Yeah, I think if um, it was ground down into a flour and you could bake with it, you know, I mean, who would ever turn down a good cookie? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Put a bit of chocolate in there and it's you're, you're fine. The Alps, timeless and changing. Every year, we have to add an additional 80 steps. It's losing like six meters of ice every year. Spring is now three to four weeks earlier than it was 50 or 60 years ago. The restaurant has shifted with the glacier beneath it. Climate change, helping to push a hut over the border from one country to another. The Alps, timeless and changing. Online now at cgtn.com forward slash Europe. So now it's time for what's exciting us in science this week. Emma, do you want to go first? I certainly would. Now, have you ever had a time in your life when you can hear a noise and you don't know what it is or where it's coming from and it's driving you nuts? This is a daily reality for people who suffer from tinnitus, which is a ringing or buzzing sound in the ears. And for many people, the cause is the brain perceiving sounds that aren't there. And it's really hard to treat. But scientists have shown that shocking the tongue I know, it sounds bizarre, doesn't it? Shocking the tongue combined with a carefully designed sound program can reduce the symptoms, not just during treatment, but up to a year later. So this could be quite transformative for an awful lot of people going slightly nuts. Now, one of the things I love about this story is the part about shocking the tongue because that was discovered by accident. And Hubert Lim, he's a biomedical engineer at the University of Minnesota. And a few years back, he was experimenting with using a technique called deep brain stimulation to restore his patient's hearing. And he did that by inserting a pencil-sized rod covered in electrodes directly into the brains of five patients. And some of those electrodes landed slightly outside the target zone, which apparently is not uncommon. And one of the patients suddenly said, I can't hear my tinnitus. So... On with the testing. They tested with guinea pigs and they revealed that the tongue was the best body part to stimulate to shut off the tinnitus. And this is the newest research to show that bimodal stimulation, which uses sound and a gentle electric shock, can help the brain discipline misbehaving neurons. So how does it work? The patient sits with this little paddle on their tongue for an hour and the electrodes in the paddle deliver a current to broadly stimulate different areas of the brain. And this, combined with a series of sounds targeting the auditory system, distracts the brain by heightening its sensitivity, which forces it to suppress the activity that causes tinnitus. And over 12 weeks of treatment, more than 80% saw an improvement, although there was no control group, so we don't know how much patients would have improved on their own or with a placebo. But isn't this incredible? Putting a little paddle of electrodes on your tongue can change what's happening in your ears. Science. Science, Shinny. Amazing. It is incredible how such apparently disconnected things are actually very connected. Yeah, and, and it's just, I, I, 
I, I love the fact that you know you, you can put. I mean, I don't know how comfortable it is to have a little paddle of electrodes on your tongue, but I guess if it's going to sort your hearing out, why not? And apparently, it kind of sounds like um, you know the rock candy sort of popping and fizzing on your tongue, which also would be slightly problematic. Gosh, we're we're, we're really testing people today. What would larvae and and electrodes on your tongue? <laughs> have you got a sort of a gentler story that's, that doesn't involve shocks and, and strange foods? Well, do you know what I've actually gone right back to my roots um and there's a beautiful little story about how fish scales are inspiring engineers into reducing aircraft drag oh this sounds good i love all things to do with fluid dynamics so looking at how gases and liquids flow and it's so interesting that nature always has the answer academics in germany did some experiments in a water tunnel and they were looking at how patterns of fluids flow along these scales and essentially it creates Mm -hmm. like a zigzag formation which actually reduces drag which is quite mind-blowing because we've always thought that the smoother a surface the more efficiently it moves through that fluid So, you know, aircraft wings are very smooth. You know, we're always trying to reduce turbulence and friction and non-laminar flow, essentially. Like, we always want flow to be smooth over machines and things. But actually, what these academics in Germany um, are discovering is that the way scales are designed and shaped creates this kind of zigzaggy formation and that improves efficiency of movement through the fluid. And that's going to influence Crazy. the way we design things like aircraft wings. So actually, aircraft wings in the future might be quite rough. You know, the surfaces might be quite um, structured and non-smooth. And uh, so, yeah, it's a bit of a counterintuitive engineering story. Like a flying fish shinny. Oh, did you see what I did there? I gave you, it was one of your dad jokes in there, a flying fish. It's a flying fish, and I do think this idea will take off. (laughs) Damn it, you're too good at these. I just, every time I think I've got you, you just come out with another one. So that's it for another edition of Razor. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you want to see the videos from some of these stories, go to CGT in Europe and type in Razor. Until next time, see ya. 